Hi guys, so thank you so much for tuning in. Um, lots of people from Singapore here. Um, this is another webinar and this is Anna, but before we get started, I thought that we could just show um, a clip of Anna so you can see her in action. So that's obviously a really good try from you. How was that scoring against your own team? Yeah, because a lot of my teammates from Ireland were playing that day for Leinster. So it's really nice to <laughs> score a try against them. And it was a really competitive game. And in like, you know, the home of rugby, some might say in the big, one of the biggest rugby stadiums in the world in Twickenham, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, um, still pinching myself about that one because it was so special. But yeah, it was, it was a, a great day. That's fantastic. And so welcome everyone. I think people are just starting to tune in and hopefully are all here and ready to get started. If you guys don't know, this is Anna Kaplis. She is an um, Irish rugby player, but you play for Harlequins um, normally. Now I'm going to turn it over to Anna to introduce yourself a little bit um, before we get started. Hi to everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to speak to you all. And yeah, like Hannah said, if you have any questions at all about any of my stories or questions for me or anything just fire them into the box and we'll hopefully be able to to get around to all of them later on me and my rugby journey and how that's um you know impacted on my life and everything and hopefully you can learn something from it or um learn how not to do it <laughs> maybe if, if um if you think so but i'm from ireland um grown up there all my life. I now live in London and I play for a club in London called Harlequins in the English Premiership, which is one of the best uh, leagues in the world. Whereas I grew up in a in a very kind of sporty and competitive and kind of creative household. I'm the youngest of four. I have two older sisters and an older brother. And my brother and I were really close in age. So we fought a lot <laughs> and we were very competitive with each other. And it's funny, a lot of girls that I've played with, a lot of them have had brothers really close in age and it just seems that that brings out like a competitive side and in, in a lot of um, female athletes so um, I definitely give my brother credit for like toughening me up a small bit because we used to fight like cats and dogs <laughs> when we were younger I kind of more like to say that we were a creative household um, instead of sporty but underage rugby for girls wasn't an option in Ireland when I was growing up that it wasn't there was no girls rugby team there was boys rugby team I remember going with my dad to watch my brother play and thinking like oh, like I could totally do that and I know that I'd be really good at that but it was only for boys at that stage it was like under 14 or something so I'm so envious of like you girls that get to play underage at under 10 level and under 12s under 14s are very very lucky um to have that option I would have loved it so much and I'm sure you do as well. So I actually didn't get to start playing till I was 17. I was crazy about rugby, like watched rugby on the telly every weekend. I used to cry when I couldn't get tickets for the matches. I used to save up all my money and go on the train with my friends to the games. And um, I was a rugby nut fanatic, like knew all the dates of birth of all the players, all the men players now, because there was only men on, on the telly playing rugby at this stage. But after common school, our principal announced that there was going to be rugby training. Fucking, I was like, oh, 
oh my god I can't believe it I couldn't believe it that there was going to be girls rugby training I went and never looked back since I played underage and then I went to university and joined the team there joined my club team I was lucky then to go on and represent my province um, because I'd been playing well for my club I was selected to play for my province which was Munster and yeah then on the back of that I was selected to play for Ireland sevens and then continued into Ireland 15s and then I moved to London start with a club here in London which is called Richmond and now I play for Harlequin so I've had a real journey through lots of um, different ways from underage to university into sevens into 15s and now we play for Ireland uh, which is my country and Harlequins, which is my club. No, that sounds perfect. That's really cool. Like we were talking earlier about how we're really like, even I'm jealous that, you know, my younger sister gets to start at 10, whereas I only started at 14 or 15. Really cool because like you said, growing up, we only got all rugby players to look up to. And now suddenly you guys all get female rugby players to look up to, which is why I was so excited to do this whole thing. Because it's nice to see, you know, where if you do very well, it can get get you to. So I thought we'd just chat a little bit about like, you know, how you kind of got good. Yeah, um, I, I've been lucky to have like really wonderful coaches. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from the girls I played with. And like I said as well, I was competitive, you know, so I was like challenging myself. And I think that's something to look back and, 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 kind of if I could improve anything from when I was younger if I could um you know have gone back and told myself something when I was younger it would be to I had like real issues with like confidence I'd play really well and then I'd come off the pitch thinking I had played rubbish and I think that a lot of competitive people a lot of perfectionists would be like this you know and a lot of really competitive people are like this you know you do a hundred positive things in a game and you maybe make one mistake and that one mistake is the one thing you'll be thinking about afterwards you know if I could go back and tell myself oh be more confident no you have to practice it you can you have to prove to yourself why you should be more confident and like little action plans and you know the senior teammates the ones with a lot of experience and ask them like this I'm finding a bit difficult or do you think that I do that well or what's kind of you know useful now with, with modern technology is that a lot of our games are recorded a lot of our trainings are recorded and you can, you know, pick things out. And it's it's easy to go to your coach and say, like, do you have any feedback? But a coach has, like, 30 players. And no coach is going to be able to say, you know, oh, Hannah, you need to work on this. Anna, you need to work on this. You know, and, and give their whole list of players something to work on. So now it's, you know, it's better that we can choose bits from our video and show them to the coach and say, what do you think about this? Like, I want to get better at that. How do I do it? And once you've come up with, a way to practice that like for example your tackle if your tackle is something that you're not confident with you know you can't just be like okay I need to get better at my tackle and and just not come up with an action plan you have to practice that and once you've done it a couple of times that's where your confidence comes from well one thing I'm I really am a stickler for with like younger teams is good at communication on the pitch so you need to practice your communication skills and how you do that is overemphasizing it in training you might just be saying absolutely nothing but when it comes to game time then it comes more naturally to you so that's something you can practice you know yeah. when you tell your friends or your teammates or yourself to be more confident say okay but how 
a million different ways to do it but if you're enjoying it you're actually getting better at it and you don't even realize you know so <laughs> absolutely no I really like that whole little action plans because I think it, everyone's trying to chase this like almost like perfect way to play and you know it's almost impossible to get to yep. and coming from an area of confidence I think especially for those who have started maybe a little bit later it's a little less intuitive that sometimes building that confidence can be really really tough and I like the ideas that you've talked about about like coming 10 minutes before and just running through you know probably like you said in the tackle going through the really really basics like you know still going eyes on thighs you know cheek to cheek like the really yeah. really simple stuff and building your confidence there and actually we had a an olympic walker uh, one of the things he said that always stuck with me was that when he gets to the starting line he's put in the work and he knows that he couldn't have done any more and that's why he doesn't feel nervous because the work has been done got his action plans basically takes them all off the work is done he can't be any better and he's starting at the and he's at that starting line you know no nerves this is where I am because I've done all the work so I will now let the race do the talking and this is the same with rugby you know you're just like turn up whistle goes right here we are I've done all my work now I can just play talking about like preparing for games and a bit more to like mental readiness and I think this is applicable to anything I used to have a teacher that used to call exam day game day because he was massively into sports and it's the way that he taught his students to be was to treat it like a sports game and I think this is applicable even for people outside of rugby you know there are big events in our lives that we have to prepare for mentally and physically and I thought maybe we could go through your process of do, what do you do six months out three months out the night before the day of one hour before if you have any like weird rituals or ways that you make sure you're ready for this let's say big event it's really exciting time to be a female athlete because there's so much now more than ever research being done coaches coming into women's sport um and not just rugby but sport in general mm -hmm. so now we've got you know strength and conditioning coaches and um backs coaches forwards coaches all these specialist coaches that are able to help us get there so I put a lot of trust in my coaches and you know they come up with the plans and I just turn up and I do the work that they tell me to so I think that the only thing you need to do is your best in training and then it's done because your coaches are you know your coaches are specialists and they can they they're the ones that know how to prepare you you know the 2017 World Cup which was on in Ireland that was probably physically the toughest training I've ever done it was unbelievably tough training when it came to you know the height of my career when the selection was going out for for the the rugby world cup uh, in 2017 we trained so hard and it never got easier oh my goodness like it was getting we were running running we were getting fitter but the sessions were getting harder and when we got to the World Cup um, and, you know, some people were selected and some people weren't, it was really a tough journey and we'd all been on the journey together. And then, you know, some people didn't even get to play. So it was really a um, tough journey. But And the World Cup itself was very, very tough. But after the World Cup, when we got to go back to our clubs, we were so fit and strong 
and I had and I asked myself why have I not always been this fit rugby is so easy now you're putting in the work you know three months it'll it's have has so much positive impact in the future you know it's such a cliche you know put in the work now and you know next day will be easier it's so true for that world cup actually there was like a delay with sending out the selected squad it was like a Tuesday and we were all waiting for the email and none of us could sleep we were all so nervous and and I was sitting in my living room and my phone went off email so click congratulations you've been I couldn't believe it I I fell on the floor I got up I was on my own in the house so I had nobody to talk to I was like oh my god oh my god so I just took the keys of my house and I ran out the door because I didn't know what to do I just needed to walk somewhere and I went straight to the shop and I bought one card and I wrote a card to my first ever rugby coach telling them just got an email I'm going to the world cup thank you for everything you've done for me and that was yeah there's just something that came to my head there now because if it wasn't for my first rugby coach who knows what sport I would be playing today or even if I'd be playing sport you know so the opportunities our coaches give us you know as well as all this preparing us for games and you know preparing us for um you know to be better athletes they're also giving us opportunities as well that you never know how they're going to impact you down the line so I just wanted to like throw that in there because I know that's important now with a lot of you know girls like starting rugby at this age you're so lucky but you know your coaches have really given you a wonderful opportunity there to 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 access this this sport I'm sure all of the coaches who are on this call would be very happy to hear that you know, <laughs> you know those coaches in the formative years can really have such an impact but you're talking about the training coming up to the world cup and, you know, I've just moved to university. It's definitely a big step up from where I was playing beforehand. Um, there are days you just don't want to go and train. And I can't imagine my training is half as hard as what you guys are doing prep, prepping for the World Cup. But what do you do on those days where you really just don't want to get out of bed? You know, um, I'm at university. Some of my friends are out drinking instead and, you know, and off having a great time. What do you do on the days that you just there's nothing like you would take anything over going into the gym because I'm sure there are those days. I had a really valuable lesson um, one morning. So when I was um, at university, I was selected to be part of a rugby academy. So it was um, the, the club that I played with in, in Ireland, they had a rugby academy, but it was for the boys essentially, but they would invite a handful of girls who they thought were good enough to join that crew and we had a wonderful coach um he was he's still one of the best coaches I've ever um had the pleasure of, of playing under but he was very strict and we used to train in the mornings before going into class we were chin-ups just you know chin-ups exercise was part of our program and I could not do them I had to use a band. I had to use someone to like help me um, do, do the movement. I could not do them. And I had been about a year trying. I just don't think I was designed to do this exercise. And it was so tough. Like I, I knew that 
when it was coming up to chin-ups like oh god I'm gonna try I'm gonna try I could not do them so one morning I woke up and I was exhausted I trained so much that week it was so early it was dark it was cold and I took out my phone and I typed a message like to my coach hey coach I'm not feeling well this morning and it wasn't I was I was feeling really fatigued and really tired um I said I'm not feeling well um I'm gonna stay in bed this morning and sleep until my class and I was about to click send and I was like no I can do it I can go to the gym this morning so I deleted the message got out of bed got ready went to the gym and that morning I did two chin-ups unassisted, on my own, I did two of them, not one, two chin-ups, okay, and I will never forget that day, because I was so close to not going, and I went, and actually, this kind of, you know, adrenaline you can get from being a bit tired, or just the focus you get from being a a little bit, um, you know, uh, close to giving up, I think, sometimes, can actually give you energy, and give you adrenaline, and, and push you to perform but I was so that's always a, a, a story that I remember really well um when I feel like not doing sessions and it's helped me I'm like look what I did that day like I can do that again and it has helped me like get out of bed and do those sessions especially during lockdown when it's so monotonous and you're training on your own and things like that but actually you never know when you will surprise yourself so it's always worth just doing the session that story really resonates with me because everyone who is my dad will know chin-ups least favorite exercise um, <laughs> especially Roger. when we're at school training with the boys at the gym who seem to manage to bang out 20 to 30 of them no bother um yeah. but yeah no you never know what that one day is but I just have like kind of one final kind of point I wanted to touch on before we like open up to the Q&A so if anyone wants to start dropping their questions in the little Q&A tab that'd be great um you know, what do you do when things don't go to plan? And I mean that, you know, we talk about COVID and that, but also, you know, in 2017, Ireland didn't necessarily get the result that they wanted for the World Cup um, after you trained so hard for it. What do you do coming out of games where things don't, completely don't go to plan or years that don't go to plan? Um, And like this challenge presents itself a lot in rugby in sport in life and they're all interlinked and one thing that I'm really tired of telling myself but I know it's true and like you'll have heard this and a lot of people on this call will have heard this phrase but control the controllables so there's no point like thinking back oh my god we lost that game or oh the world cup didn't go well for us like ask yourself why first of all and then ask yourself how why did it go wrong how do I improve it? moment for me was in 2018, 19 season, I think I was dropped right before um, the Six Nations and I was devastated. Dropped from the Irish team, um, I should say. Uh, so we're approaching this big tournament. I was so excited about it. I thought I was playing well. Um, I got picked up an injury and then was dropped. Coach called me you're not going to be involved. I was so devastated. And I had training that evening with my club um, because I was living in in London at the time. So obviously when you play for Ireland, you train at the weekends. So we'll all travel to Dublin at the weekend. And then during the week you train with your club. So I had club training that evening. 
And I did not want to go. I wanted to curl up in a ball and cry. But I think the beauty of team sport is that, you know, when training is on at seven o'clock, all your teammates are going to be there at seven o'clock. You are letting them down. So it wasn't about myself in this moment. It was about my team. And that's one, you know, one thing that we love rugby for is that we've got wonderful teammates around us and we can't let them down. We went to training that evening, didn't talk to anyone. It was a horrible session. It was raining. It was cold. I hated rugby in that moment. And I just kept with the rhythm of it. I kept going. A girl got injured in my position. Total luck for me, terrible luck for her. So a position opened up in the squad. And so after a couple of weeks of me feeling sorry for myself I had continued with training so actually when that position opened up I was ready to go I hadn't taken this time off feeling sorry for myself I kept training my skills were good I was still strong I was still I was very much ready to go straight back into the squad and I had my team and the team's kind of um, schedule to thank for that because I just turned up and continued to train which meant that when the position opened back up again I was in there ready to go and you know when you when things get really busy and really high tempo and you forget about why you do it but I do it because I love it and spending time with my family and friends that Christmas reminded me they're all like oh Anna we're so proud of you and all you've achieved and I reminded me that you know I, I do want to keep doing this and I do want to still be at the top of my game because it makes my family and friends so proud of me and I ended up getting player of the match versus Scotland a couple of weeks later whereas just three weeks before I was crying myself to sleep at night because I was so disappointed but you never know when things can change so you need to be ready. There are so many like gems in the last like you know uh, little story that you said and I like love the idea you know you kind of tr trust the process and trust the coaches that you had and that routine and teammates and this infrastructure that had built up had really allowed you to push through. And then you talk about remembering your why and why you started. And I think that's also absolutely fantastic. And it's it's also incredible to see that, you know, um, from an outsider's point of view, we probably see you winning player of the match against Scotland and not actually understanding that three weeks ago, you're in a completely different place. And I think it's, it's that kind of like, it's lovely to hear you talk about, you know, the real like the realness of being an athlete and being in this position um so yeah thank you for that story I think we're going to get on to some questions now but so JG asks what advice would you have for a coach taking on an under 14 girls team having previously coached an under 17 boys rugby team because I coach both boys and girls as well and I love the difference between the two groups um boys are difficult because they if you give um, boys like an instruction or something to do, they won't do it exactly as you tell them because they want to prove that they know either a better way to do it or that they don't need to listen to you because they already know it. So boys are very headstrong that way. The beauty with coaching girls is that they want to do exactly what you say to prove to you that they understood what you were saying. So with coaching girls, I would say that make sure when you do your session plan make sure you've thought through how to explain a drill and I'm sure everyone on this call knows the situation where if you don't um, explain a drill right all the girls are like but why are we doing this do I need to touch the blue cone does she need to go around the yellow cone make sure that when you're coaching girls your instructions I found that that when I 
I'm coaching girls or preparing a girl session that I've thought of all the possible questions that are going to come and I explain really well what the drill is and why we're doing it. Um, next, I got told to ask about hair. So how do you do your hair for game day? You're saying that this is your game day do? Um, yeah, this, yeah, this is my game day hair um, because I used to wear a scrum cap, um, which was fine then. I could just, you know, do a ponytail or do small plaits underneath it. But um I got rid of the scrum cap because it was annoying me but I have teammates that are able to make braids a lot tighter so that's really helpful so usually on game day I ask my teammates to, to help me with it good to have a number of like braiders in the team so any kind of braiders on the team are like your your key players and key performers but wearing the scrum cap and started you know just just wearing my hair like this my mother couldn't find me on the pitch so sometimes I wear a headband as well so that she can find me on the pitch easier because she was um giving out to me saying that she couldn't find me but actually the, the band kind of keep just keeps your hair back like off your face and another question here from Justin is how much of to uh, playing top level rugby is physical mental and or emotional 70 percent mental 20 emotional and 10% physical um, and I think my probably my performance versus Scotland would prove that that um you know you could be and I've seen it you know you can be lifting hundreds of kg in the gym but if you're not prepared to play you won't play well and if you're enjoying yourself um and happy with the people around you and confident in your own game because you know of all the things you've practiced and you're just really enjoying your game you you'll play well um so I would say mental is is number one thing to get sorted physical will take control of itself you know you're again like you, you you'll surprise yourself with what you can achieve you know if you watch rugby you'll see some of the smallest players on the pitch putting in the biggest hits you know that you know, physically, if we mapped everybody out physically, it would make no sense that the smallest players are making the big tackles. So that just goes to prove straight away that, you know, mentally, if you're in a good place, you can, you know, you can achieve uh, wh whatever you want. You know, you can hit anyone on the pitch. How do you teach um, and how do your students react? Um, so I, I'm a languages teacher. Um, I studied languages uh, in Ireland and then I studied to be a teacher of languages in England a lot of people ask me oh why don't you teach PE you know why don't you teach phys physical education because you play rugby look like, well you know I have a lot of passion for a lot of things and that goes back to what we're saying about a team you know uh, different players make the world go around different characters make the world go around so you know um don't uh, you don't have to do PE just because you're a rugby player or anything so you know make sure your passions you know can um, make you who you are as well so it's nice because when it comes to like sport and things like that I just get to talk about rugby in, in Spanish or in German or whatever that is and uh, yeah I think I'm same kind of teacher that I am a coach work and then that gives them the confidence to to know that they can do it themselves so hopefully that that answers the question about rugby but it can be applied to so much more a hundred percent and often I I often do um like school visits to visit you know young boys and girls in school and I'll tell them that you know when when you're a rugby player um and you put that on your you know your cv because you're applying for a job or you know you 
you tell someone that you play rugby, like instantly they know that, you know, you're, you're, you're healthy and you're active, obvious. You're a good team player. You're a good leader. You've got good communication skills. You're organized. You're punctual because you have to be on time for training. Um, you know, you're good at decision making. You're good under pressure. Instantly, when you tell someone that you're a rugby player, all these things are obvious and you can sell yourself that way. Absolutely. Um, and now we are hitting quarter two. Um, we'll let everyone else, you know, we'll let you continue with your life, I'm sure. If it, well, if it's anything like Ireland, there's not much to do. Um, but <laughs> thank you, um, everyone, for tuning in. If anyone has any more questions for Anna, um, just let me know. And I'm sure Anna will be happy to answer them if you send them along. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for tuning on today. This was brought to you by Inner Leadership, um, which talks about mental resilience. And as you can see from a lot of the topics that we hit here, um, that is kind of what we are doing. Hopefully we'll get Anna on again soon. And it's really nice to, and for all the people who are on my under 14s team um, in Singapore, it's really nice to see your names on a screen again. Um, so thank you so much.